0: (laughs) and so that's good amen and uh you know this is um i also love this church uh this is a very healthy church and i just love uh what has been built here and when i'm talking about built i'm not talking about the building i'm talking about you guys i just see uh, a depth of maturity here and there's a solid foundation of the gospel and then you guys have built upon that and so uh as someone who travels and ministers a lot, that's, a, that's just a blessing to me, and uh, it's just great to see, amen, you guys are, are shining like a light in the city, and, and so it's good, I can, I can feel Jesus here, you know, uh, in you guys, and so I just, uh, I love that, and it's a blessing, and I do have my family with me here today, and they are the best parts of who I am, amen. <laughs> Ethan's the only one left in the row back there. If you, if you heard that really loud child, that one's mine. And uh, Lily, she got the loud gene, and she is just loud, man. And so, like, I mean, she is. Like, she can scream, like, in our face. Like, when we're out, and your ears will literally ring. You can't talk. You can't, like, when she is ex- expressing herself, all communication ceases there for just a minute. And those of you that were behind us, you saw her trying to walk that way, didn't you? Did y'all see her doing that? She was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to children's church. And she kept, I kept trying to, she's, I kept trying to get her to stop. So anyway, praise God. They're, they're a force. Amen. I have a full quiver now and I'm so thankful. Amen. Just love my kids and so thankful that, that my family gets travel with me. And I mean, they're, they're my number one ministry. Amen. They're number one. Everything else is number two. And so, um, I appreciate that. So anyway, it's good. It's good, Amen. Um, I, we're we're in a we're in a season of um. I mean, know it's a it's a good time to draw near to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a good time to to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's a good time to come together as the body of Christ. It's a good time to uh, cease all forms of of isolation and being separated or offended or anything like that, and you know, and those of you that are watching online, I understand that, that some people are in situations where they really, they can't necessarily come together. So no no disparaging remarks towards those that are online at all. Um, you, you know, online's great, but it's a surrogate. But at the same time, it's still good we come together, amen? And there's something special that happens when we come together. And Jesus said, uh, so much more as you see that day approaching of his return, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because in the days ahead, we're going to need each other. We're going to need each other. We're going to need to to lean in uh, to each other, and we're going to need to bear each other's burdens and help each other in every possible way. Um, because there's gross darkness that's covered the earth, you know, and uh, you can see it. It's real clear. But you know, how many old you know darkness doesn't fight with light? You ever notice that? They just don't fight. You know, when you, when you, when the, if you're in a dark room and you turn the light on, there's no scuffle. Darkness flees. Amen? So just because you see darkness in the earth does not mean that darkness has to be on you or on your family or anything that you do. All you got to do is just stay connected to the vine and shine. Amen? And uh, the, 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 the greatest days of harvest are ahead of us, and uh, tremendous harvest. You know, harvest of souls, financial harvest. How I many know oh, God does his best work during times of famine, when the world's in famine? Can I get an amen? Who's not going to participate in a recession, right? Let's not participate, right? We don't have to. How many know you're a tree that's planted by the, the rivers of living water, and you bring forth your fruit in your season, amen? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. Uh, just, just make sure that you're listening to the right voices, right? How I many you know the news has proven to us that they cannot effectively convey truth? So you know what I'm saying. I mean, if there's anything these past couple years have shown us, they are not into conveying truth at all. And uh, and I mean, you know, and I'm I'm there's some that are better than others, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, how I many you know that that you're that Bible on your lap or in your tablet? That's where you're going to be pulling your truth from. Amen. And uh, so it we're in a a season to to draw near. Uh, you know, to draw near to the Lord, um, to draw near to each other, and to receive strength uh, because there's no reason why we can't triumph in these times. There's no reason why we can't be more than conquerors through Him that has loved us. Amen? There's no reason why. You know, how uh, I many you know we're designed to overcome, right? Now, we don't do it in our own strength. How I many know you're also designed with glaring weakness? Have you ever noticed? The Lord refers to you as sheep. <laughs> Me too, right? And if there's one thing about sheep, how I many you know sheep need a regular rescue? You might have seen that video online where they they pull that sheep out of the ravine. It's the greatest video. If you I don't know how to look it up, but you should look it up. They they're pulling this sheep out of this like ditch, and they get his they they. They're pulling on and pull. They finally get him out, and he takes two steps and leaps just as hard as he can, and he flies to the air, goes whoop, and goes right back in the ditch again. And I don't know about you guys, but there's been elements of my life that look exactly like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's okay because, like, how many? know you're you're not designed to be sufficient of yourselves. You're designed to have a sense. You you have some weakness, right? How many? We all need a savior. Amen. And how many of his strength is not made perfect in your strength. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. So it's your weakness that makes you attractive to God. It's your weakness that makes him feel like savior, like a hero. Can I get an amen? And sure, that means that none of us are disqualified from God's greatness. Amen. In fact, it's our weakness and our failure that actually qualify us, right? But we are called to overcome and we are called to soar But it will not be in our strength, it will be in his strength. How many know he's gonna get all the credit, right? Amen? He's gonna get all the credit for all of it. We're gonna lay our crowns at his feet. But we are designed to overcome. And I know you've heard this example a thousand times, but the eagle, you know, how many know that he doesn't flap around on the ground like a chicken? right how many know that, that you know how many know there's a lot of effort in flapping right there's a whole lot of effort and if you'll notice chickens don't get real far we hung out with some chickens last night if you hang out on the cul-de-sac they're gonna be some chickens involved you know what i'm saying we're gonna see a chicken my little daughter loves animals and she's one of the she's you know they're just born that way you know she's just born oh she saw the chickens and her little eyes lit up and she just loves them and stuff you know and uh, praise God for chickens, they taste great, you know, anyway. Uh, but, but they're pretty, too, and they're cool and all that, and, you know, but they taste good. But, but a chicken is not, it, a chicken spends its time striving, right? They're wigged out. They feel like they're going to die all the time because they basically are. I mean, they are, they're food, right? Hey, I'm from Kentucky. We fried the chicken first, you know what I'm saying? Kentucky fried chicken. Hallelujah. Preaching myself hungry. It's funny. We we played with chickens and then we ate chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like with no guilt or nothing, making eye contact with a chicken while we do it. You better act right. Anyway, but a chicken is not, a chicken is striving, right? How many of you know that you are not called to strive? You're not called to strive. You're not try- called to be wigged out. I mean, you're not called to be afraid. I mean, Christianity not trying real hard. Have you noticed that? Don't try. If you're trying real hard, you're doing it wrong. Amen? Because, how uh, I mean, he, he wants to live this life through you, and, and, he, and, he, and he can. But uh, we, we have to lean into him and, and trust him. Right? I mean, know oh, God wants to bring a rest into your heart during this season. He wants to bring a rest. You know? I mean, oh, you're you're called as the end time generation, amen. I mean, everything's fulfilled. I checked with him before I preached because I was like, yo, so what is your eschatology, man? Because I don't think we've ever talked about it. Because I think I'm gonna touch on it a little bit, but I'm gonna preach something contrary to what he preaches. And he's like, Jesus is coming soon. I was like, okay, cool. We're on the same page. Amen. But, I mean, oh, there's no reason why we can't enjoy the ride. There's no reason why there can't be a victorious bride. There's no reason why we can't be partying until he comes in the sky. Because God likes an ultimate victory, not a casual victory, not a, not a barely-get-by victory. God likes an ultimate victory. What's the, what's the most ultimate victory? That heaven would come down to earth. And that death would flee and darkness would flee, and that we'd experience days of heaven on earth before his return. Right? Amen. How many of you know when the blood was put on the doorpost, when the children of Israel were putting the blood on the doorpost um, so that death would pass by? How many of you know that you, you, there were, there, you had two ways to? How I many you know some people could have been totally freaked out and scared, and some other people could have been just enjoying themselves and having a party? But how many of the blood covers the same either way? I I want you, I want to have a party. I want to celebrate. Prodigals don't come back for church services. They come back for partays. (laughs) Shall we fry the chicken? You know what I'm saying? Like, kill the fatted chicken. Hallelujah. And I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Not, Not that chicken, the other chickens. You know what I'm saying? Like... The chickens we don't know and we're not friends with. And we don't pet and stuff like that. The, the nameless chickens, you know. Anyway. But like we should, there should be, a, as darkness covers the earth, there should be a party in the house of God. There should be a party. They should have music and dancing. Joy. Celebration. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, so, that, so that when those that are in darkness walk by, they see a light in the house of God. And they see a light in the eyes of the children of God because we have a hope that's within us that's greater than the darkness around us. You, by yourself, you are a lighthouse. You are a lighthouse in a dark place. And light comes out of your eyes into dark places because you're not downcast. You're not afraid. You're not scared. Can I get an amen? How I many know oh, we don't trust in mammon? We don't trust in the political system. How I many know oh, the king is coming? The king is coming. The king is coming and the king is here. And he's in you and he's in me. Amen? And we are the doors that he wants to walk through into people's lives. Evangelism is an event, evangelism is a lifestyle just relax you be you and operate out of a place of rest and that light will shine out of your eyes and it'll call to the people in darkness who have eyes to see and ears to hear because we have brothers and sisters that have been swept away in this mass delusion that's going on on the earth right now but there but god has called their name and god is calling their name And God will use your voice and your words and your eyes. Can I get an amen? And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. Jesus wants to reveal himself through your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And the way that veil is rent and stays rent is the simple message of the gospel. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven. Your past, present, and future have been forgiven. Forgiveness is not a daily installment. It's not a drop in the bucket. You have a new zip code. You've moved inside of Christ. There's nothing wicked in Christ. There's nothing bad in Christ. There's nothing dirty in Christ. Can I get an amen? Where are you? You are in Christ, right? And so as you believe that, the veil stays rent in your heart and the eyes of Jesus can peek out and look at the world around you. But if just for a moment the enemy gets you caught up in your mistakes and your failures and your shortcomings, then that, that veil of darkness starts to grow, which is a lie. It's not true. How many know there's no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus? But, but, just be, but, but if you believe that lie, then it empowers that lie over your life. But, but, but how many know in this house you're going to keep hearing the gospel And we're going to keep having that veil rent every every time y'all come together. We're going to tear that veil again and again and again because the cross was a success. Jesus did a good job. And if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are living in an eternal state of forgiveness. As you believe that, everything else becomes activated in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, all these things are going to stay flowing in your life. You just got to do one thing. Just one thing. You just got to believe he did a good job on the cross. And so many times people don't think that he did a good job. It's like my sin, my sin, my sin, my sin, my sin, my sin, my sin. Do you think you out the cross? Have you seen the passion of Christ? Did you see what he went through? You're you tracking me here. I'm trying to offend your self-righteous pride. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. Because, you, because you are, your failure is not greater than the cross. Jesus took care of your sin before you were born. Nailed it to the cross. The sin of all humanity. One drop of the blood of Jesus would purge a billion planets full of sinners. Don't, don't allow what you've been taught in the past to take the blood of Jesus down to the level of bulls and goats. This ain't, this ain't no bull. This ain't no goat. Can I get an amen? This is God himself. God has poured out his blood for you. God has washed your sin away. God has given you a, a redemption. Can I get an amen? You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means you are just as right with God as Jesus is. You are no less right with God. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Can I get an amen? I mean, there ain't nobody in this room any better than anybody else. Right? I say it all the time, but I love saying it because we think like that. How many old you know, this row ain't more holy than this row? How many old you know, this row ain't more holy than this row? From the front to the back, family of God, right with God, children of God. Amen, with the same right to God, the same right to hear His voice. right? You have a right to hear the voice of God. not just the pastor, not just the worship leader, you have a right. Things are different. They're not like they used to be. The middleman is dead. There's no middleman. Moses is dead. You are the temple of the living God. God is living inside of you. We're having church because you came. You brought him with you. And so when we get together and we're worshiping and, and rivers of living water are flowing out of your heart and flowing out of my heart, it becomes a mighty rushing river and a stream that splashes on us and we experience the love of God. Can you get an amen? No veils, no veils, no veils. One of the greatest things that the grace of God has taught me how to do is just how to be myself. I, I've spent most of my life not real sure how to be me and trying real hard to be me. Hallelujah. But here's the thing, like, like grace, the, 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 the grace of God, it will set you free from every mask Listen, you don't have anybody in this room to impress. You don't have to act like you're something you're not. You don't have to talk like you're something you're not. Just be yourself because you are enough. See, the reason that we try to be act like we're something that we're not is, is secretly we don't feel like we're enough. Secretly we don't feel like we're worthy, so we got to put on some type of Impressive show like the Wizard of Oz pulling the levers. And 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 I'm here to tell you right now that, that God loves you right now just the way you are, right? And and the grace of God will teach you how to be yourself, and that's how grace teaches you how to deny ungodliness. Because you're not called to sin. Can I get an amen? If you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are not a sinner any longer. I used to be a drug addict. Come on, I used to be an alcoholic. I used to be addicted to pornography. I used to be all, I used to be a liar, I used to be a cheat. All that stuff got crucified on the cross. I'm a new creation in Christ. And if, if you're struggling with something that I just mentioned and you're born again, don't identify with that behavior. That's not who you are. It's a lie. And the more you find out who you are, the harder it, it becomes to be something you're not. I have found the more that I walk in the grace of God and I experience the love of God, it's getting more difficult for me to disobey God. Like it's getting harder to disobey God. Because, you know, every once in a while, you kind of want to disobey God. Not Maybe not your spirit, but your flesh. Oh, man. Everybody like being nice all the time? You know what I'm saying? Everybody like being temperate and not eating all the cookies? Yeah, man, like slowly I find the lordship of Jesus is taking over like every aspect of my life. And, and here's the thing. He's smarter than I am. He knows what's up. When he tells me not to, you know, he's, kind, he's not going to make you do it. But the more he introduces you to who you are, the harder it is to be somebody you're not. And the funner it is to live life. Because you don't have to impress anybody. Because God's impressed with you and he loves you. I mean, that's a freedom. Man, when you get set free from needing the approval of other people, I, I preach this to the youth on Friday night. When you get set free from needing the approval of other people and you can just relax and be yourself, that's when that easy, light yoke of Jesus is on your heart and life starts to get fun. You can be yourself. I'm the same person right here that I am right but seated with my family or on my couch. I don't got to be somebody different. Y'all tracking me here. Amen. And and there's a freedom to that. There's a joy to that. Amen. And, And this is how the grace of God teaches you how to deny ungodliness. It actually teaches you how to just be yourself, be comfortable in your own skin, and enjoy the life that you lead. Amen. But we are in a season of drawing near. It's a season to draw near to God, it's a season to draw near to each other. Don't allow the enemy to isolate you, don't allow the enemy to entertain you into a state of numbness of mind. Don't allow the enemy to entertain you into a state of numbness of mind. Numbness of mind. What does that look like, Jeremiah? Well, here's the thing. When you partake, now listen, how many know we're free and we can do what we want? I stand before you, I'm the righteousness of God, I'm free. But not all things are profitable for me. And, And how many know the enemy's taking his best shots through entertainment, taking his best shots through social media? The reason that our world is in the place that it's in right now is because of entertainment and and media and even education as well. But they've slowly been feeding us immorality to where now we're in a state of mind where we think right is wrong and wrong is right. Not us, but the world at at large, right? And so you have to be careful because when times are hard, people will, will either draw near to the Lord or they'll draw near to escape. And and, and 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 is there an escape in a wine glass maybe is there an escape in a pill maybe is there an escape in a person maybe is there escape in 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 facebook and social media and snapchat and tiktok and 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 anything else they've created that i'm not aware of i'm sure it's out there <laughs> because, video games that's good and and all these sports and and all these things are trying to capture your attention now i'm not against you know most of the things that I just said, but how many know you get you got to partake of it in moderation, because it's not bringing life into you. It doesn't bring life. How many know this brings life? We're all experiencing life right now, myself included. I'm being watered as a water. We're, we're why? Because we're talking about Jesus. He's a tree of life, and we're experiencing life. And so these things, how many know if you eat enough death, it can dull your mind. And here's the thing, I don't want to be dull to the things of the Spirit in the day and age that we're living in. Because I'll, I'll, I'll present something to you, life and death might be the product of the decisions that you make in the world that we're currently living in. And I don't say that to make you afraid, I say that to make you wise. How many of you know you need to hear God whether you get on that plane or not? You need to hear God whether you go to Walmart or not. You need to hear God on what you're going to do. I mean, and God will tell you. How I many of the Spirit of God will lead you into everything? He'll lead you into what to say and what not to say. There's a path of life within you that's there by the Spirit of God, and God will literally live your life through you. And as we draw near to the Lord, how I many it sensitizes us to the things of the Spirit so that we can hear God, so that we can be led by the Spirit, Right? We need to be spirit led in the times. You know, one of the scriptures that always rolls out in my heart is redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. What's one of the ways you redeem time? Prayer. Man, getting into the presence of the Lord and praying. I've been praying a lot here lately. Why? Because I need it. (laughs) You know, not because I'm trying to be super spiritual or get some kind of badge because, like, I flat out need it. I need it. And, And so there's a redemption of time that happens through the wisdom of God. There's a redemption of time that happens through the leading of the Spirit. Are y'all tracking me here? And this is open to you because Christ lives in you if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you haven't, you can. It's the easiest thing in the world. They've made it way too hard. Just call out on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Amen. And and so but but the enemy because because we the pressure comes and then we want an escape. And so sometimes we'll escape through, you know, binge watching something or Escape through, whatever. And once again, I'm not saying these things are evil in and of themselves, but but how many know if the only thing I ever ate was Twinkies, that's gonna affect my fitness. (laughs) I'm not gonna do the things that I want to do if that's the only now I will eat a Twinkie or two or twelve or a hundred. You know what I'm saying? I I ain't scared of no Twinkies, you know. Y'all y'all saw me. I was working last night. I was, you know, I you know, so I'm not saying those things are bad, but you know, you gotta slide a little chicken in every once in a while, a little bit of salad in every once in a while. I'm just after that chicken, aren't I? Praise God. That chicken is like fearing and trembling in the coop right now. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's not. The chicken is blessed. The chicken is happy. The chicken is good. We'll live a long life. But the greatest calling of a chicken is a fork. You know what I'm saying? Serve the sons of God. Hallelujah. No, got rid of fried chicken, man. I mean, how would he even preach the gospel? You know what I'm saying? At least in Kentucky. I mean, praise God. Hallelujah. But I just want to say, be careful what you're consuming. Be careful what your eyes are seeing. Be careful what your ears are beholding. Because you, you, you want to be in tune with what God's doing in the day and time that we're living in. How many of you know there were, was it how many virgins? Ten? I feel like I always get that number wrong. How many of you know there were five wise and five foolish? How many of you know five kept their oil, kept their lamps trimmed, stayed full? How many of you know the, 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 the concept of being filled with the Spirit? How many of you know that's not a one time good deal? It, it's a continual. If you look at it in the Greek, it means continually filled. How many of you know we all got fresh filled today? I was hyped about getting fresh filled, you know? And we're getting fresh, you know. So why? Because there, there's a news outlet within you that's accurate, there's a reporter within you that's accurate. Spirit of truth, bear witness to the truth. The Comforter, can I get an amen? He'll tell you what's up. He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. He'll bear witness with truth, right? And in the day and times we're living in, how many know there's a famine of truth? Famine of truth, you know, in the worldwide, because everybody's got an ulterior motive. And sadly enough, there's been a famine of truth in the church, but how many know that's changing? How many know the gospel's being preached? There are more gospel centered churches. And, and, and I'll take you a step further. People don't have to understand this stuff to, be, to move in the things of God. Hallelujah. You're, you need your legalistic brother and sister in right now. Yeah, no I like Five amens on that, but I'm telling you right now, darkness is united. It's time for the house of God to get united. Lay down our silly squabbles and let's join hands with those that honor Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, they may not have it all right. And I guarantee you we ain't got it all right either. Ain't nobody got it all right right? We all know in part, you know, we're all doing the best we can, but we got to work together. We got to anyway. <clears throat> and so, and so that being said, five wise, five foolish. I mean, it, it's a time to draw near. It's a time to have a vig- a vigilance and a diligence and, and c- because great days are ahead. Great days are ahead. Now, when we were back there in worship and I was praying, I saw something very unusual in the spirit. And what I did, I saw a picture. You guys know those, uh, Those really fast trains—what are they called? Amtrak or something like that? Help me out. Bullet trains. That's exactly what it looked like. (laughs) Okay, I saw one of those, and it was very narrow, and it was very thin, and it did look like a bullet. And what? And then I saw like a wall on each side of it as it was coming forward. So just visualize. Let's act like this is what I saw. We have this narrow path right here, and it was and it was so fast, and there was a wall on both sides. And and what the Spirit of God began to, to speak to my heart was that that is what we look like when we're spirit led. Because how many know that the Spirit of God is faster than your intellect? How many know the Spirit of God is faster than your ability to judge pros and cons? The Spirit of God's quick. How many you can know things in your heart a whole lot faster than your head can. Your head can catch up, right? And so there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a speed in being led by the Spirit, and then also there's a protection. There was a wall on each side, and there is a protection. And so the Spirit of God is not going to lead you into harm's way, right? Because in the days ahead, we need to be Spirit-led literally about everything that we do. Now, I don't say that to... to to, to wig you out, okay? Because that's the opposite of how the Spirit operates. Don't live in a state of diacrino or or what? That's a Greek word that means double judgment, right? You don't want to have. Oh, am I supposed to? Am I supposed to? Am I, am I? Am I? Am I? No, no, no. That's not it. That's not it. Well, what it is 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 it's a relaxing and it's a trust, right? Um, how many know that when you I mean, you know that the, the, I have two. I have a niece and a nephew, and they're twins. And they have two very different personalities. One is very Type A and intense, and one is totally chill. And um, and I always give this example because it's so clear. And they were trying to float in the pool, right? Now Addie's the Type B. She's the girl. She's very chill. Brooks is Type A. He's he's hardcore. Addie was floating easily. Brooks was trying too hard. And so, how many know that? And, and you know, how many know type A people can trust too? Come on. And how many know type A people can enter into rest as well? Yeah, there's, how many know God likes our personalities and He created us the way that we are? But Addie, because she's so chill, she trusted the water's ability to carry her. And she leaned back and she floated. Okay. You have someone who's going to carry you through this season. Lean back. What's leaning back look like? Time spent. Time spent with the Lord, amen? Whatever it looks like, you know? It's different for everybody. Lean back. Let him carry you. Let him float you through. Because, I mean, when someone's floating and trusting, that's kind of the analogy that I give. I mean, if somebody's floating, you can take them by their little toe and just move them because they're not they're not carrying themselves they're floating and how many know that there is a river of god right and the spirit of god he wants to he wants to lead you and so this isn't about you trying real hard all right this is about you relaxing and drawing near you're going to have times when you when you when you do it and you have times when you don't and how many that's okay you are not free until you're free to fail and you're free to fail. Because there's a net that's gonna catch you. Okay, get an amen. But 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 you are invited into a victory lap. Because the war is over. How I many know the war is over? He won. Every you know, we just get to be a part of what's going on. If we're real honest with ourselves, you know, like um, Eli loves to help me do stuff and fix stuff, and he loves tools, and I can't fix anything, praise God, I have no gifting there, I'm the complete opposite of you, I will break something, you know what I'm saying, I'm more of a Wreck-It Ralph than a Fix-It Felix, aren't I, I mean, I'll break anything, it's astonishing what I can break, I mean, it, if my wife catches me trying to fix stuff, she would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you, what are you doing, are you okay, are you sure you want to do that, she's so tactful about it now, because, you know, <clears throat> my masculinity wants to fix something, you know. And sure enough, man, if I try to fix something, it's going to break, man. Like snap, broken, just it's astonishing the things that I have broken. (laughs) It really is. But how how many know we all got our own gifts, amen? Nobody gets the whole piece of the pie. We all work together, right? (laughs) Amen. Um, But anyway, so Eli, he'll come and try to help me do stuff or all that. How many know a great example would be carrying in the groceries? So carrying in the groceries, it's easier for me to carry in the groceries, me and Ethan carry in the groceries, if Eli's going to carry in the groceries, I've got to say this quietly so you don't hear me, um, then it's going to be harder. But because I love him, I let him be a part of what we're doing. And I save groceries that he can carry. That's, all, that's what all ministry is. <laughs> God gives us some groceries we can carry so we feel good about ourselves. I'm helping God. God's like, yes, you are, sweetie. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> amen it's true but it's okay though right because he loves us that much but this whole thing we're doing is actually the victory lap because the war was the, the 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 war was won two thousand years ago amen but like let's enjoy the lap you know what i'm saying let's win praise god let's walk in health let's walk in provision how many of y'all would like to have more than enough so you can help people can you get an amen never never stingy you yourself and just want enough for you because god never called it for you to just take care of you how many of you god's called you to take care of other people can i get an amen what what if we start helping people what if we supersede what the government's doing and we start helping people y- y'all tracking me here this is your calling amen this is a part of it right and and it's and it's fun you know it's fun and so uh, and win and be safe and protected and healthy and strong and all of these things because heaven wants to invade earth to show God's dominance. Heaven will invade earth before the king comes. That's what's going to happen. I'm like You can't stop it. <laughs> you can't stop it. It's going to happen because, because God loves to show the enemy what an idiot he is. You know what I'm saying? We were talking about that, right? He's teaching the devil, right? He's showing him, hey. And, and what does that look like? It looks like us winning, amen? Now turn to Hebrews chapter 2, please. That was just my introduction. We're going to be here for the next six hours. Hallelujah. I hope you ate some fried chicken this morning because you're going to be hungry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Is that my bag? That is not my bag. This is your bag. This looks like my bag. What a great bag. We can carry our man purse and still be masculine. That's why we have facial hair, right? (laughs) I can make fun of him because I do the same thing. (laughs) Amen. Um, Yeah, Hebrews chapter 2, and I just want to share all that was like prophetic stuff that's going on right now. And then I just want to take just a short period of time and deposit something into into your heart that God has really been depositing in my heart. And been changing my life with. Um, how many of you guys like, how many of you know simple sim- simple, things are powerful? I mean, we live in a complicated world. We have information coming at us all the time. And, and you know, how many of you know there's the simplicity of Christ? How many of you know the gospel at its root is actually quite a simple message? It's not complicated. How I many of you, a child, could understand it? And so God's been bringing a a paradigm shift into my life that's bringing a simplicity in my grid on the way that I I view the world. Uh, Because, once again, we live in a complicated world. We live... And how many of the enemy does his best work through complicated things? You ever see someone who's just on fire for God, but then they get a bunch of complicated, weird stuff in their head and they forget that they're saved? You know what I'm saying? And like... The enemy likes to do, he, he does his work through analysis and analytical things and information and blah, 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 blah. God was real simple. He's like, yo, this is your garden. It's yours. Eat from all this. Don't eat that. Hey, have a good time. <laughs> and then the enemy came out, oh, God said that blah, 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 and added all these little nuances and, and, and deceived people away from the simplicity of Christ. And, and Excuse me. And God has brought a fresh simplicity into my life. And, and, and I, will, I will sum up the entirety of creation with, with and I'm not going to take you to all these scriptures. I'm going to read some of these scriptures for the sake of time. But I feel like I'm supposed to do everything that I'm doing right now. So, but Deuteronomy 30, and I know you've heard this a million times, but uh, verse 19 and 20 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I sit before you life and death, blessing and cursing choose life. He even gives you the answer, right? All of creation, I believe, can be summed up in that statement. Life and death. Choose life. Now, one of the things that we have been challenged with as the body of Christ to understand the gospel is most unbelievers view the church as a moralistic message, as a message of moralism. And that's not accurate. And and let me lay it out to you like this. How many know that, I'm trying to think, it's just, this is like my quote, and I always have to think about it because I don't remember how to say it, but isn't that funny? Um, how does it go? I look at my wife, help me. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> how, oh, yeah, the gospel is not a message of morality that leads to forgiveness. That's not church. That's not Jesus Christ. That's not what we're doing down here. The gospel is not a message of morality that leads to forgiveness. Every, every major religion on earth has that. Our message is a message of forgiveness that leads to morality. How I many of us is the biggest difference in the world? We don't come and try to make you act right so that you can come to God. We come to you as you are and say you're valued and forgiven. And out of being forgiven and being a new creation, morality will flow out of your heart as a fruit of being who you are, right? Big difference there, right? And so one of the challenges we have is most of the world, that's what I looked like. When I was 19, I was an atheist, and I looked at church. <clears throat> I thought, man, them people got more rules. Like, I got all the rules I need. I don't need no more rules. And so that's, I looked at the church as more rules. And how many know that the more rules message Has marred the image of Christ. It's not a more rules message. We have a Savior, right? He wants to rescue you. And so, so many times, the world looks at it as what we're doing is just more rules, and it's actually not. How many know God has not come to make bad people good? That's not what we're doing down here. He's called to make dead people alive. You know, if you look at the scriptures, I mean, that's over and over again. How many of you know Jesus is the bread of life? He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." John and First John said the things that we have handled, the things that we have seen concerning the word of life. How many of you know Jesus is life? How many of you know He is the tree of life? We've come here to feed on Jesus today. Have y'all experienced a little bit more life as you've been in here? I have. Why? Because we're feeding on Jesus. How I many know we've not come to feed on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We've come to feed on the tree of life. We've come to feed on Jesus. And so the way I've been ministering to, to people and, and young people and stuff now is more a paradigm of life and death, not a paradigm of good and bad, right? How I many of you know that sin brings death? It brings death. And, you know, in, in, in the primary... Uh, uh, you know Use of the word sin really in testament scripture is a noun It's not an action. It's a place And that's kind of hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around but I used to be spiritually dead in a place of sin And I was constrained in that jail cell of death that sin brought And then jesus pulled me out of the jail cell and brought me into life now i'm alive unto god can I get an amen? But still how I many you know that sin will still bring death even to the believer? How many know that there are Christians whose marriages have been destroyed as a result of touching too much death? How many know there are people, you know, who, who Christians who died before their time because they touched the death that's in drugs? You know, how many know that, that sin is death? It's not that God's trying to shut down your fun. It's not that God's trying to stop the party. God's like, I just don't want you fellowshipping with something that's death. Y'all tracking me here. And, and, and the Spirit of God will always lead you away from death and into life. That's, all, that's the leading of the Spirit. That's what he does, right? Now, how many know we're under the banner of grace, and so we live in an eternal state of forgiveness. But how many know in my forgiven state, I could still touch death? And how many know that death still jacks jack somebody up? Now, how many know that that, that, that punishment doesn't come from God, God's not a punisher. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, sin's been taken care of on the cross 2,000 years ago. It was condemned in Jesus' body. So not like when you touch sin, God's not going to punish you for that. You know that. You know why? Because Jesus already paid for it. But if you do touch death, how many know that sin ha- carries its own punishment? Right? You know, if I leave this place today we head back to Kentucky... And I'm going to go 100 miles an hour on the interstate. How many know I'm forgiven? How many know Jesus loved me? But how many know there's a good chance I might get pulled over? And how many know I might have to pay a fine? And how many know I might have to be embarrassed in front of my children? So now, am I forgiven? Yes. Am I the righteousness of God? Yes. But are there repercussions for my behavior? Absolutely. And that never changes. Now, the beautiful thing about God is He'll rescue you even from your bad decisions. I mean, we talked about that in the beginning. I mean, he's our Savior, and he's always going to rescue you. But at the end of the day, God doesn't want you touching death. God wants you touching life. And so, life and death. Now, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, I ask you guys to turn there. It says, Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Now you have to understand something. Death is not God's friend. I mean, oh, you know, death, I mean, oh, you know, God is not the creator of death. God is not a fan of death. In fact, if as we look in scripture, how I many you know the Bible says that death is the enemy of God? Do you know that it's the last enemy that's going to bow its knee? Do you know that we are heading to a time where there will be no more death? You will never have to look at death again as long as you live. Do you know why you hate death so much? It's offensive to someone who's created from the author of life. You know, my Eli, my four-year-old, him and his mom went and got ice cream the other day. And on the way there, he saw a dead bird. And it really just kind of affected him. And I was going to take him to the same ice cream place a few days later, and he's like, Dad, I really don't want to walk there. And I was like, I don't either, man. Let's drive. <laughs> we were at the park, you know. And, 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 and so but we had to pull up, and he was so concerned. I was like, what's going on? He's like, I don't want to see that dead bird again. Why? Because, how I mean, you know, he came from life, and death is offensive to his innocent mind. Why? He don't like it. There's something wrong with it. There's something that doesn't bear witness. Now, how many, the, many of us, we spent so many years on this planet around death that, like, I walk by a dead bird and be like, Psh, whatever. Don't even think twice about it, right? How many of you know, we see death in movies and not think twice about it. How many of you know, death's everywhere. And we can get desensitized to the concept of death but I'm here to tell you right now that death is not a part of God's plan for his future. And, 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 and just like my, my, the, the conscience of my four-year-old is just like, I don't want to see death. That's how God feels about death. And God says it's the last enemy that's going to bow. And it is going to bow. And you'll never have to deal with it again. Because you, you're on the road to immortality. Now, you're immortal right now. Eternal. Can I get an amen? How many of you have eternal life in you right now? Right? Now, your physical body will eventually be redeemed. And then you'll have an immortal physical body. How many of you know Jesus has one of those right now? How many of you know there's a physical man in the throne of, of, throne of God? Seated on the throne a man, in a man's body. That's how much God loves us. He says, I'm going to unite myself with you forever. <sighs> how many of you going to get a brand new body? Can I get an amen? Eat as much chicken as I want to and don't have to gain no weight. Hallelujah. Give me 25 Twinkies in my redeemed bodies. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I sure hope so. <laughs> but there's a redeemed body that God has for us, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's a powerful thing, and it's God's will for our lives. Turn to First Corinthians chapter 15, please. And um, because the, the, the path is the ultimate goal here is immortality. Jesus has a new body. We're getting a new body. Death's going to bow its knee. We're not going to have to deal with death anymore. We're not going to see death anymore. Praise God. This is the path that we're going on. Death is the enemy of God. And so now, let me say this, and this is important. How many know that sickness is a form of death? Right? How I many you know we can all corporately agree to hate death? It's easy to hate death. Well, what if we took the same hatred of death and we put it over into the arena of sickness? No matter how small or how great. From the hangnail to cancer. You know? From from soreness in your leg to you know to whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Because like we're not called to be sick. Come on, man. And I'm not saying that we don't, it doesn't try to come on and we don't try to experience it. I'm not trying to preach this, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying like we should take a stand against sickness. Why? Because it's a form of death. Let me take it a step further. How many know that aging is a form of death? You know, when you get to heaven, people aren't going to be old. God's not old, Jesus isn't old, right? You know, God's not up there with, you know, the long white beard and all that kind of stuff, like we may think. How many know that he's young, right? Why are you saying that for, Jeremiah? Are you trying to make us feel bad? <laughs> no. I got wrinkles on my face, too. But, but what I'm saying is, how many know that we shouldn't age the way other people age? Yeah, come on. How many know that, 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 that Sarah had her youth renewed? Sarah was hot in her 90s. Can we be honest? 90 years old. A king is like, whoa, we got to have her. How many know? He wasn't thinking in terms of spiritual beauty, he's a natural minded king. But because the blessing of Abraham was upon them both, they had a youngness about them, even in their old age, because God hates death. How you know God will renew your youth according to the eagles. You don't have to bow down to aging. And I'm not trying to act weird or, you know, pretend or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not against any of those things. But I'm just saying, like, like, as my days are, so shall my strength be. I waited to have all my kids when I was in my 40s. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, you know, Ethan had got to enjoy the young version of me, and these other kids are going to get to enjoy the young version of me. Because the Lord is able to keep me. So, I mean, all, the promise is there if you want it. God won't make you take it, but it's there if you want it. I want it. I want it all. I mean, he paid for it. If he paid for it, I want it. You understand what I'm saying? If the blood was spilled for us to have these promises, then I think we better lift up the cup of salvation and drink it down. Can I get an Amen. amen. So don't when people are talking old and acting old and aches and blah 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 and old, 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 I don't join in with that conversation. Amen. Why? It's a form of death. How I many know poverty is a form of death? Lack is a form of death. Amen. How I many know we're called to hate evil, but to love good? You that love the Lord, hate evil. Amen. Anointed with the oil of gladness above our fellows. We have to have the same enemies that God has. And God's final enemy that bows is death. So I don't want any form of death working in me, in my marriage, in my children, in my ministry, in you, in anybody. Can I get an amen? You've been given everlasting life. Perpetual life. See, a lot of times we think about that in terms of time. Now, this is a perpetual life. Amen. See, all these Marvel movies and all these movies of this supernatural stuff that they put on the screen ain't got nothing on what God has. Those are all cleverly crafted lives. You're called to be the true immortals. Y'all tracking me here? This is where we're going. I'm not saying, all right, let's move forward. 1 Corinthians 15. It says, in verse 20, it says, But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to the Father. When he puts an end to all rule, all authority, and all power. Hallelujah. No more governments. <laughs> How many know we don't rule ourselves well? We are not good at it. How many know we need a king? Can you get an amen? We need a king. And that's who's coming. He says, For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. This is what's coming, right? How many know we should take a stand against death beforehand? How many know there's some folks that ain't never going to die? Who are those people, huh? Yeah. Come on. I want to be one of those guys. See, God hates death so much, he'll barely call it death. He said, "Now nah, they sleep." Isn't it funny? Stephen fell asleep. And then like even when even when Jesus was talking about Lazarus, like he's asleep. And you know, the disciples dumb as a box of rocks before the Holy Spirit came. They're like, "But Lord, he's dead." <laughs> he's like, "Yes, he's dead." But, like, God hates death so much, he won't even hardly call it death. He wants to call it sleep. Because God's not the ender of life. God is the giver of life. Amen? So drop down to verse 45, and it says, So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth and was made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as was the man of the dust, so are also those who are made of the dust, so is the heavenly man. So also are those who are heavenly. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Come about your redeemed bodies. Amen. No more aches. No more pains. Amen. No more aging. All these things. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. I mean, all the down payment of the Spirit has been placed on the inside of you, right? You've inherited it in your spirit. Your flesh is going to be redeemed. You're renewing your mind. But I love this. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. He said, Lean in. We shall not all sleep. He won't even say die. It's so funny. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, and the day will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. How I many of we were singing about it this morning? When I messaged him this morning, just checking his eschatology for I preached this, he was like, man, I, he said, I, got a, I, I felt led to put a song in about the return of Jesus today. I was like, hey, praise God. We're hearing God. Amen. He says, the scripture says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, And this mortal must put on immortality. This is your destiny. This is where you're moving, right? So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And I love this. God mocks death. He said, Death, where's your sting at? Hades, where's your victory? He hates death. God is anti death in all of its forms. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Beautiful, right? Romans chapter 8, we close right here. Promise, not lying. Preachers feel like they can't lie on their closing. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I'm closing, I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. No, you're lying. You ain't closing. Like Moses, let God's people go. Go eat chicken. <laughs> but Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Spirit of life in Christ. You know what's being spirit-led is? Spirit of life. Spirit of life gonna lead you away from all forms of death. All forms of death. Those things that can't satisfy you, those things that can't help you. Can I get an amen? How many know pornography is a form of death? How many know pornography does not satisfy you? You know what it does? It makes you hungrier for something that can't satisfy you. It's lust. It's, it's in the Greek, it's the word epithumia. It means you're pining away after something. I mean, you know, if someone, if, if, a, if a thirsty man tries to quench his thirst by drinking sea water, he'll just grow thirstier and thirstier. Pornography is the same way. Just thirsty and thirsty, you'll never be satisfied. By the grace of God, cut yourself off from that influence. God will help you. There's no shame in that my struggle with pornography here today? That's the one thing we don't talk about. We're cool talking about drugs. Cool talking about alcoholism. Cool talking about this and that. Pornography. Shh. I'm talking about pornography. No, man. It's a, it's a blighting curse that's trying to destroy marriages and destroy people's lives and turn men and women into objects rather than human beings. It's evil. It's out of the pit of hell. And if you're struggling with it, let me tell you something. God loves you, and you're forgiven, and you're the righteousness of God. And when you look at it, God don't leave you. He's still right there. And he's loving you, and he's loving you, and he's loving you, but he's whispering, this is not who you are. I have something better for you. Because if you build your life on discontent, you build your life on no contentment, no amount of taking in that imagery will ever satisfy you. In fact, every time you touch it, every time you see it, every time you feel it, it just brings death into you. And it causes you not to appreciate your spouse. It causes you not to you to look at people as objects. It's evil. It's from the pit of hell. It's death. Amen? God wants to cut you off of that. How does he cut you off of it? The first thing he wants you to know is you're not dirty. You're clean. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The blood of the lambs cleansed you. Can I get an amen? You're clean. They can't stop what God's done in you. Amen? It's beautiful. It's awesome. They can't. And then, you know, and then it, it's good to talk to somebody so that the shame can be dismissed. Talk to the right person. Don't talk to the wrong person. Don't talk to somebody that's going to condemn you. Talk to somebody who's been there before. And then once you, once you confess your faults to one another, all that shame starts to evaporate. As long as you keep it hidden and it's just you and your phone, then it, then it, then it creates a dungeon of shame. And God God doesn't want you living in shame. God wants to set you free, amen? And so sometimes you got to open up and talk to somebody about it, you know, of the same sex, obviously, you know. Um, but, but, you, but, you know, just so the shame can be dismissed, and then once we get rid of the condemnation and the shame, we can cut off that avenue of death. God doesn't want death in your life. God doesn't want death in your marriage. God doesn't want death in the way that you view people. You, you're tracking me here. God wants you seeing people as people not objects, and we live in a world that teaches us to view people as objects in, in so many ways. No, every, every human has value. Why? They're creating the image of God. Can I get an amen? Let's shut the door on that darkness. <clears throat> let's shut that stupid devil up. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and, and just expose it and, and, and just bless God. Let's be free from it, you know? And so, and so, Amen. Yes, Amen. I'm just going to pray real quick about this, Lord. I just anyone struggling with that right now. I just thank you that by Your Spirit, You let them know that number one, You love them. You love them. You love them. You love. Them. You're not disappointed in them. You're not let down because of their mistakes. But you're a, you're a glad Father. You're look. You want to look into their eyes and let them know they don't have to be ashamed. Lord, I just thank you that that shame, that fear, that sense of unworthiness is just removed and cast into the sea of forgetfulness in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you that you, by your spirit, you take them by the hand and you been to lead them out of that dark place into a place of light to where they, like me, can stand before people and testify. I used to be addicted to pornography, but the Son has set me free. Lord, I thank you there be many more trophies in your trophy case of, of victory, trophies of grace over, over this horrible attack of the enemy trying to come against us, Lord. You created sex, God. It's a gift. It's beautiful. It's awesome. But in the context that you gave it, not what the enemy tries to turn it into. And Lord, I just thank you for that freedom. Let today be the day when they make a decision to walk away from that. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, drop down to Romans 8 and verse 13. I'm not going anywhere else. But it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What's happening? Remember how we were talking about that bullet train, that Amtrak thing, being led by the Spirit, right? Drawing near to the Lord and being sensitized to the things of the Spirit. How I many of you can sensitize your things to the things of the Spirit? You can sensitize yourself to the things of the world. Things that used to not be offensive to you. That's how sin works. Sin doesn't stay there. Like, if, 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 like far as sin goes, you know, even taking it over in the pornographic realm, something that used to excite you doesn't excite you anymore, and the enemy wants to take you into something darker and more twisted. Sin is not contained, right? Anger is the same way. All of these things are the same way. And the enemy, through sin, would try to bring a hardness to your heart. Even though you're forgiven, even though you're the righteousness of God, right? And, and, and if, if there's a hardness to your heart, how many of you know it can produce a dullness of hearing? It would be difficult for you to be led by the Spirit. And then what happens is you start to depend on other people to hear God for you. That's not good. That is not your pastor's job. Amen. Young people, there's going to come a day and time in your life when you're not you're not just coasting on on the faith of your parents. How I many there's going to come a day and time when it, it, it's you having your own relationship with God, you hearing God for you, and and there's a season of you know you kind of piggybacking on your parents' relationship, and it should be that way. But how I many know oh, that the, the ultimate goal of being a child is becoming a man or a woman, right? And having your own relationship with God. And then you are going to teach your kids how to have a relationship with God. Can you get an amen? And so, um, and so we want to draw near to the things of, of, of heaven and, and remove any hardness of heart and, and, and remove any dullness of hearing and, and be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. And it's so simple. All you got to do is just spend time with the Lord, just like you're doing today. Amen? Don't overcomplicate it. All you got to do is just feed on the bread of life. Just eat. That's all you got to do just eat. You keep eating Jesus, everything's going to be fine. Amen? But then there may be certain things that God starts to shut the door on in your life. Like, I don't want you watching that. Oh, but Lord, I like it. I don't want you watching that. Oh, but Lord, I like it. Okay. Go ahead. How you know he's never going to make you. He'll just invite you. And here's the beautiful thing. Your salvation doesn't weigh in the balance of these decisions. Thank God. God's love for you does not weigh in the balance of these decisions. Thank God. Your calling does not weigh in the balance of these decisions. But you know what does weigh in the balance of these decisions? Your quality of life. Your life will be better if you feed on more life. It will be better. See, the the enemy's tried to fool us into thinking that his stuff produces life. That de- he he's cleverly crafted it and made death look attractive. But as you feed on life, it's going to produce life in your life. Amen. And so, final thing we talked about how death um, will be eventually swallowed up in life in, in in a macro everybody sense in creation. But how many know in a daily daily decision daily how many know daily you're going to have opportunity to touch life or death. Right? Daily. Daily decision making, right? If you live according to the flesh, you will die or it will bring forth death. I mean, if I spend my... I had a season of my life during quarantine where I was really angry. And I was mad. I was mad at things that were going on in our country. I was mad at my dog. I had this dog. We got this dog during quarantine and he chewed up like a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff. And, and, then, and, and the challenging thing about anger is I mean, it's hard to compartmentalize anger. I mean, it started, the, the, I was so angry, it started bleeding over into the way that I talked to my children, the way I talked to my wife. What was happening? The flesh was producing death. I mean, you know, we don't need more angry Christians. I understand that there's some things that would make you angry, but the kingdom is not anger. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. And you're going to get more done against darkness and love than you ever will in rage. The devil wants you offended and mad, because then you and your flesh are trying to bring forth the kingdom, and the kingdom won't be brought forth in the flesh. Y'all tracking me here? Amen. Don't, don't, don't allow people to make you angry. Don't allow people to offend you, right? Like, just, just refuse it, right? The way that happens is you get solidified in who you are in Christ and know you're the righteousness of God, and you no longer have the need to prove yourself or to prove that you're Right? It always comes back to Jesus in the gospel. That's where all the work gets done. But it says, if you live according to flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. What does that mean? That means in my daily decision-making processes, that flesh, that carnal mind, all the things that are not my nature, but just the memory of those things, or whatever you want to call it. am not going to split hairs theologically. How many of there is a propensity to want to do things that are wrong? <laughs> Even as a safe person, right? Flesh, right? But daily, the Spirit, if you'll follow the leading of the Spirit over the driving of the flesh, you'll put the death, the deeds of the body, and death will be swallowed up in victory on a daily basis. thats I love this stuff, man. I love practical things. So when someone cuts you off in traffic, <laughs> come on, man, and they will. <laughs> Thank you for that, yeah. Especially in Knoxville. Man, praise God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> y'all kind of aggressive down here. Did y'all forget y'all were Southerners? We out here driving. I'm like, man, these people act like they're from New York City or something. I mean, like, what in the world? These people are aggressive. Y'all are in the South. Y'all need to chill, man. I'm all kidding. <laughs> okay, man, praise God. But that decision right there, how many of you have a choice? Am I going to allow the Spirit to lead me? Or am I going to take on anger, which may affect the rest of my day? With my children, with my wife, with the people around me. Am I going to allow anger to lead me? Or am I going to choose life and stay in peace? Because, if I, because there's a path. How many of you said, I got the path of life for you? How I many of that path is, path is the spirit-led life? Can I get an amen? It's what God has for you, amen? Amen, awesome. Thank you for your time.